Hey everybody, I'm Eugene Driscoll and welcome to Valley Naval Gazing, uh, the Valley Indies weekly podcast. Today we have a very special edition of Naval Gazing is in that we're uh, dedicated to a single topic and it's the Ansonia budget, even more specific, the Ansonia school budget, uh, which we've been writing about over the last few weeks. Uh, Ansonia aldermen are scheduled to meet Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to finalize the city budgets for next year. Last week, the alderman approved a, quote, tentative, unquote, budget of $63.8 million, $63.9 million, that would lower the city's property tax by slightly, about 0.2 mils. Is that what we're saying, Ethan? Mm. That's about a half a percent Mm -hmm. decrease. Uh, That's Ethan Fry, the other Valley Indy reporter. Hey, what's up? The school board had initially proposed a budget of $32 million, which would have been a 6.79% increase. Uh, The tentative budget, however approved last week, allocates $30.8 million, which is an increase of 2.5%, or $752,000, roughly. Uh, and my goal here, our, our guests are Ansonia School Superintendent Carol Malone and Assistant Superintendent Mike Wilson. Morning, guys. Thanks for Good. having us. Good morning. Hey, no problem. Uh, I, I should note that uh, as I, you know, we, we record this thing and we're print guys. We're writers. We're not talkers uh, for a living. So I almost called Superintendent Malone Judy for some reason. I was, which is. Oh, take on another character. <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that. But uh, m- my goal here today is I posted something on our, our Facebook page last week uh, when we put the link to our story, which contained video of uh, last week's budget meeting. It wasn't a public hearing, right? It was just a... No, no. But there was public comment, and and the budget dominated uh, that particular meeting. And this year's budget, and everybody correct me if I'm wrong, it's different than in years past because there's so much sort of going on uh, underneath the budget. I mean, you have, uh, you know, the the state budget woes Mm -hmm. affects this budget. You've got politics. There's the traditional uh, Democrats and Republicans you know, doing their thing. And then you have Republicans versus Republicans. And then there's things going on behind the scenes with this person and that person. It's just much more complicated, I think, than, than, than in years past. So the goal here is just to have the school district come on unfiltered uh, and talk about their spending plan. Because from our perspective, it's been very difficult. I think this is the hardest school budget anywhere through any process that we've had to cover because there, a lot of times there's a basic disagreement between the city and the school about facts. Everyone's forever correcting the record mm-hmm. uh, in this one. And that makes it very hor- hard to report on something like that when there, there, there's a base level uh, disagreement. So anyway, that, that's my two cents, and that's, I'm going to shut up for the rest of it. <laughs> and Superintendent Malone is... is, is I concur with you. <laughs> okay, I, wanna, uh, I, th- I thought you were getting ready to correct me. No, 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 I concur. I've been s- sitting in this seat as superintendent of Ansoni Public Schools for nine years now. And this is the most difficult budget that I've had to oversee. In those years. It is. It is. There's many reasons, like you mentioned. And um, we did the best we can um, on proposing a budget that focuses on our students' needs, and that's what our bo- budget usually, uh, that's what our budget does. We focus on our uh, district improvement plan and everything is aligned. However, with a 2.5% budget, um, 
it's really going to decimate our, our district. And you've already sent out, although this happens every year, unfortunately, so it's not as shocking as, as I guess it should be. It's like we live in this reality. You've sent out notices to uh, all the teachers and, and whoever else we have. saying that there could be layoffs. Right. In March, usually our budget is done by now, and the teachers who receive their actual layoffs would be laid off, and then we rescind those that would not be laid off. However, this is exceptionally long. It's dragging along this whole process has been dragging along. So uh, one thing I wanted to ask you right off the bat is if the budget that was talked about last week becomes the spending plan for the city next year, a 2.5% increase for schools, for school funding, what happens within the school district? Okay. Well, if you think back to last year, there was an uproar after we set our budget uh, and we had to get, uh, eliminate music and art. We were planning on reinstating that this year. There will not be, the, we cannot reinstate music and art. Um, that's one thing. We will have approximately nine teachers laid off, um, and that is regular ed and special ed, um, both. Two administrators. Uh, one and, uh, administrators that could be principal, assistant principal. principal um, it would be in a, a principal's position and an assistant principal's position, correct. So there would be two administrators, one, and there would be one maintenance position eliminated. And I, I hate to do this, but we are going to have to eliminate our sports program. The reason being is as I, a whole, like the as a whole, everything, everything. We are going to have to eliminate varsity football. Everything. We're going to have to eliminate sports, huh, because I cannot take additional teachers away from classrooms. the The class size is going to be enlarged. We're going to have less administrators, and we have to think of safety and the risk of our children. If you put this out to parents, not every parent's child participates in a sport we have to keep first and foremost we have to keep our kids safe and we have to educate them we have to educate all children so um our sports cost us approximately three hundred thousand. you can have four teachers four more teachers back in a classroom okay so instead of eliminating sports could you go to like a pay-to-play model that well, we've seen in other districts Mike well that's a well that's a great option and a lot of districts do do that unfortunately you know being a district that has high poverty rates and a high free reduced lunch population statistically going to a pay-to-play uh, is almost adversarial whereas you wouldn't collect as much money because you actually have to fund for those students so to make that an option uh, with the reality in a town with our town of Ansonia it would just not be feasible Okay, like I, you know, I'm anticipate the. We should say early on that the uh, budget will be finalized tomorrow night at a meeting at City Hall. What's, uh, the, what, what's the date in case that's May twenty fourth, okay. Tuesday, uh, seven p.m. in Aldermanic Chambers, and um, yeah, you know, I, I can't speak for the the aldermen, but I'm sure uh, when they hear uh, what you just said, they're gonna say that that's you know you guys are that's like a scare tactic that you're just trying to like you know put out this uh, sort of doomsday scenario to say that like, oh, you're going to cut sports and like a lot of people care about that, obviously. And, and I have a follow-up when you guys answer. Sure, Ethan. Ethan. Sure, I think Ethan, I, it's, I, a rea no, I'm sorry. it's a reality <laughs> because I cannot stand here and consider myself an ethical person if I take teachers away from a classroom and put 30 children in a class and we do have um, our share of a high-needs personnel 
uh, children, and I cannot do that in good conscience and not eliminate all sports. And, and you know what Dr. Merlone said prior to that, Ethan, and I think it's paramount, is that that's not a decision that we take lightly. It's not a scare tactic decision. It's something that when you analyze and try to advocate for all children and you see where the cuts can be made to provide educationally for all children, unfortunately, you know, that's one area where, you know, when the rubber meets the road, so to speak, unfortunately, you know, after countless hours of discussion that had to be eliminated from the budget. It's any cut is not something that Dr. Merlone, myself, the Board of Education, anyone is happy about. But when you're faced with cuts and you're faced with a number, two and a half percent or you know, the possibility of a threat of a zero, you have to prepare for those those scenarios. And in order pr to prepare, those are the cuts, you know, and we were so happy once again that you guys had had us on to to explain this and and really to share what it is it's it's not a scare tactic these are the realities and this is the numbers that we're faced with as of today and so you're saying i know uh, you know nationally uh, it, it, unfortunately it's almost a, a punchline to jokes first thing to go uh, in public school the, the music program mm -hmm. that's always arts and music are the, are the first to go uh, and you're saying that's already happened that's already happened and so sports then since you've done that first major thing that's always lopped right. off sports is the, the second because it's not in classroom you're not i mean you're learning it to some extent but you're not learning learning i guess well we we think sports are very important for the educational well-being of any child i think you know to have a student athlete is very important and notice the word first is student right and i think the athletics teaches children a myriad of different issues socially uh how to deal with leadership from a different perspective whether whatever field it on baseball football soccer you know insert name here however you know student does come first you know and we can't forget the word student athlete so we're not belittling sports by any means and i understand your question you know people say oh cut art and music and then where you know the problem as i stated earlier the then where when you're working on a bare bones minimum budget as it is to make things work the next spot after cutting through every item that dr merlone mentioned you're talking a maintenance department you're talking administrators you're talking teachers you know you're talking uh you know, where else can you go? And the only place left to go, unfortunately, is that sports program. And then I just wanted to ask you, bouncing off sort of the premise of Ethan's question, where he uh, sort of represented uh, the, the other side, if you will. Uh, and I just throw that out there. But I, what I, I think I the other side would say. Right. Uh, I'm, you know. I'm wondering, though, because it, it, it brings up a point, uh, because there seems to be, uh, I, I, there was that one point in that meeting last week where there was a discussion over how much the school district could save the $600,000 number, which was health savings account, is that? Well, yeah, there was early on uh, when the mayor proposed his budget, he said, hey, if, you, if the teachers open up their contracts and move to these health savings accounts that the police and the public works and the city hall uh, employees union went to, it would save $600,000. So that's like $600,000 more in your budget. Um, and, and Superintendent Malone is, is shaking it. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I was going to ask, though, and, and then we, we can get to this, but, but I'm just wondering, is, is there a communication problem, or what's different this year uh, with communication? Because I was, my point was, there was a debate of at least, it had to be 10 minutes. It felt like a couple of hours between <laughs> the two uh, financial people. Business from, from managers. Business yeah, managers, yeah, right? For lack of a better word. And they couldn't sort of, uh, the, the Mr. Uh, uh, Gaskins? Yes. Mm -hmm. From mm -hmm. the school district was trying to explain to Mr. Bashar of the city uh, you know, how they came to, to their number. And and I'm just I was just surprised to see that debate happening this late in the process. And it's also something we've been accused of by various peoples of, of not giving the school district 
uh, en enough uh, time or space to explain their side of that particular number. Uh, but I looked at that and I said, well, wait a second. If, they, if these two guys are arguing over this, we've done our job. There's, there's, it's out there. They're, they're, they still can't decide over this. So is there anything different with is, – is communication just completely broken down? Because there seems to be I almost distrust there. I think communication is broken down. I think it's people's interpretation of what they listen to. Because um, in, the, in the initial um, – the, the teachers were asked to open their contract. Now, no other department was asked to open their contract. They were negotiating contracts. So they came to the table in good faith. So the savings from the HSA, going to the HSA, was $250,000. That's the actual number at Correct, this point. Correct, because in the negotiating that contract with the teachers, we had to give them a little something back. So it wasn't what everyone anticipated because we had to give them a certain percentage increase. And um, so we reaped the benefits of $250,000. That was from the HSA. Then what I believe you're speaking of um, is the going self-funded versus fully funded. Now, I don't understand that um, difference of opinion between Mr. Gaskins and Mr. Bashura, because Mr. Bashura came to our um, office last Friday afternoon, and we sat down and we discussed that. So it seemed like everybody was on the same page when we left. However, it came across a little different during that evening. Yeah. And then <clears throat> Mike had met with Mr. Bashura, Mr. Nimmons, and, Ms. and Mr. Gaskins to... Um, focus on those numbers, and I can, I'm sure Mike can sure. tell you what so transpired. As a, a follow-up to your question, uh, you know, the Board of Aldermen, and use their words, and I don't want to misquote, but they said, Mr. Gaskins, you have some homework to do. Can you uh -huh. get with Mr. Bashara and figure this out? So when, when we met last Friday, to clear that up. And this was after the meeting. After, after the that meeting, that is correct, gotcha. so the time frame. What, what happened was that $600,000 was, was thrown out there as a fluid number in the beginning when they said and made an assumption, well, if police or whoever else went to HSA, these were the projected savings, what could the board potentially save? So the number was, you know, not thrown out arbitrarily, but it was came up with in good faith, but budget numbers are fluid, right? So from November till now in May, things change. So when Dr. Merlone said the teachers generously sat down and opened up their contract, which they did not have to do, you know, that took a lot of time for Dr. Merlone, Mr. Nimmons, uh, and the teachers union to sit down and collectively work on an agreement just to go to an HSA. The highest number that was ever reported, as Mr. Huff said that evening, was roughly $315,000. So the 315 in actuality was 250 not bad plus or minus it's it's close so the 600,000 was a fluid number very 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 early on in the process and unfortunately to answer the question after meeting with you know the city and trying to clear it up i believe that that number was on there as an old number and unfortunately that budget was never updated and I'm not blaming Board of Aldermen. I'm not blaming anyone at City Hall. I'm not blaming, you know, it's not a matter of pointing blame, but it's an old number. And if the number that's old is never updated, 
then you're going on some old information and you're presenting old information, which looks as if, as you said earlier, communication's a huge issue. Why is that number so different than 250? You know, you're $350,000 off. That's a big discrepancy as compared to 315 to 250. So as I said, I, I think it was maybe an oversight. We can call it that or agree to call it that or, you know, whichever term you'd like to use. But I think when you look at that number as a $600,000 old number from maybe the old, you know, budget that was in place compared to this newest budget whomever drafted for the alderman that evening which as we know came out last minute i believe it was never public record until that evening uh, unless i'm mistaken i know the valley indy does a great job reporting that stuff so uh we we found out about it as well so looking at that i think those are uh, where the discrepancy lied, and, and that's what caused a little bit of anxiety between the two business managers. And you're right, I think 10 minutes felt more like four hours, not an hour. <laughs> Only because I can't So add. I agree with you. No, no, I, I didn't mean, I didn't mean uh, any offense to the business managers. So. No, neither do I, but right. I, I agree with you. Okay. No, and, and the, like as uh, dovetailing into that a little, like there were members of the Board of Aldermen themselves saying, like, oh, we just got this budget, we need to study it more, et cetera, et cetera. So, so yeah, the numbers weren't, you know, sort of out there uh, before that meeting. And I guess I'm uh, I'm reading what Ethan had prepared. If Alderman were to approve the school budgets school district's initial request, what would that do to the tax rate, Ethan? Did, you, did we figure that out or Yeah, the, one thing I will note it's it's much harder to figure out mill rate information in towns that don't put their budget out to the people to vote for. Debra and Sonia, it's always sort of a mm. we're always getting out the calculator and trying to figure out what this means to taxes, which is frustrating, but Anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, if they approved the budget that they approved Thursday, it would uh, if you have a house assessed at $150,000, you'd save about $30 year over year. Uh, if they fully funded the school district's request... That's the original 6.79%? Yes, okay. yes. Uh, it would be about $190 more year over year for a person assessed with a house at $150,000. Obviously, not every house is assessed at that number okay. and that would be at the 6.79 that, that, that is a quote right. uh, right. if, if, yeah if, i don't want to say worst case scenario because that's loaded but that's if you got the full amount that you had requested mm -hmm. yeah. back in best in case wherever, scenario. so thank best, you yeah. best case for, for you yes. know for from schools. that point of view <laughs> which actually i mean considering all the uh, uh debate and talk and meetings over this i thought the number was going to be you see 6.79 i thought the actual dollar amount would be much much more on people uh so what did you say it was 200 dollars yeah, we're, we're 190 and change, okay. so, you know, roughly. Next door in Derby, know. they're looking at a $300 uh, average increase, so it doesn't seem that it's not just Ansonia that this is happening. But uh, anyway, let's go back to that. Now, I mean, we've asked some questions. Uh, Superintendent Malone, one thing you said, the, the administrator's position, uh, would that mean you'd have to have uh, how would you run a school? It sounds like you'd have one school without an administrator. No, we're going to restructure. Okay. We're going to restructure in-house so that every building is covered by two administrators. Would, that, would, they, would they have the title principal, or how does that... Uh... We'll still have the title principal. Okay. Yeah, an assistant principal. They'll still keep their titles. Okay. Yeah. But we'll restructure in-house. At, right at the present time, the high school has three administrators, one for the director of PACE, and they have two administrators, um, uh, a principal and an assistant principal at the high school. So, um, and at, at Ansonia Middle School, um, we have uh, a dean of student affairs, but that's funded through the alliance. So that'll probably just be one more year. Okay. And then we, we have um, two co-principals up there. 
So, so I would be we removing. Like, a, I would be removing a principal from the middle school. And would that person be reassigned or is it reassigned? An actual, we're okay. we're going to reassign. Because one thing that always happens is that you hear like a, a, there's going to be layoffs, but then it actually the person a person doesn't. Actually oh no, we're not filling two two positions right now. Mr. Mr. Apicella, um is going to Milford, so we will not be filling his position. The principal at Prendergast. The principal right? at Prendergast and the assistant principal at Prendergast left in November. Sherrod McNeil, mm -hmm. and he's in Stratford right now. And we put an interim person in there, so we won't be filling that position either. We'll be taking another principal from another building. Okay. And then and that was another thing that came up during that meeting that I watched uh, online for my kitchen table. Uh, this sort of, uh, not defection, but, but administrators leaving. Is that a reflection of, because uh, I, I, I thought, um, I mean, they're going to make more money elsewhere. Well, and when you speak to the administrators, it wasn't about the money. It's about the lack of resources that we're able to provide. So they cannot bring their schools to the level they want to. And it's very frustrating every year when we go to the budget process and right off the reel, we ask them, come in for your school at a zero percent. I mean, this is time after time with, you know, vivacious young administrators who have great ideas who want their schools to soar and they're limited and you know uh, after a while i think they become tired of it and they, how do you, do you, <coughs> are there exit interviews like how do you find that information out do you talk to them when they're, when oh, they're sure. leaving or is sure it, just, this it is was a, a tight it, believe me the administrators is a group of individuals who are a very tight-knit family very giving of their time and um energy to these kids and they don't want to move outside of Ansonia. It's a matter of, I mean, they need to be able to bring the schools to the level they can and without resources, it's very difficult to run the, that size building of seven, 750 and you don't have the resources. And I mean, what are some examples? you're running around like a chicken without a head. I mean, we do not have, other schools have, um, they have, Coaches, teacher coaches. They have, they have uh, teacher leaders. We don't. We got rid of. Uh, what are some of the like? What does a teacher coach or a teacher leader do? Well, a teacher, a teacher leader helps the teachers in the classroom if they have questions on certain things. The new teachers that come into the district, they are they mentor these teachers. They they help in alignment with the curriculum. Um, Mike can continue on with sure. some thoughts that anytime he might have, have as well. Anytime you have that extra resource, you know, we're, we're a district where we have a lot of teacher turnover. We have a lot of young staff. So the young staff needs a lot of mentoring. And while we have a good team system in place, which is the state system for uh, training new teachers, it's imperative to have someone else on hand. And, you know, the coaches that Dr. Malone mentioned, teacher coaches, teacher leaders, teacher mentors, would take on that extra role in providing the assistance for these new teachers. You know, when you're a new teacher, sometimes you feel like you're on an island and you're placed in front of 30 children and, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? But having those resources on hand other than an assistant principal or a principal, almost as a colleague helping you through the tough times and really assisting you and molding you into a better teacher is paramount to success and we don't have that uh, anymore in the district because the budget has been lean so many years so those are lifelines those are like sort of lifelines Correct. for new teachers that and you're so you're losing your lifelines absolutely and are you seeing the new teachers come get burned out and leave right away uh, we, we do we do a great job training the new staff and that's been noted by several um, other schools that we 
unfortunately lose these teachers to. Uh, we've had teachers that come in and have you know, been trained by us for three years and have accepted almost that pseudo leadership position in another district. And you know, while that's a compliment, it's almost a backhanded compliment because we're spending so much time and energy on professional development for our own and then to lose those teachers because of burnout and high numbers of students and, and not having those other supports in place. You know, it, it's frustrating, and, and that's the, the situation we face. But I wanted to just go back for a second, if I may, and um, echo one of Dr. Malone's sentiments about coming in and being at a zero. It's more uh, tragic than that because it's come in in our August meeting and the budget's on a freeze. And it was interesting when I came to the district five years ago and heard Dr. Malone say that, and I said, you're freezing everyone's budget in August. I said, well... I'm the new guy. I'll kind of sit by the wayside and listen for a second. And after having meetings with Dr. Merlone and Mr. Gaskins and then obviously eventually taking the seat as assistant superintendent and seeing it, you have to freeze that budget. And how frustrating is that for an energetic young leader of a building, assistant principal or principal, who wants to tackle these initiatives and throw some resources in terms of dollars to get what they need to move forward? And you've already told them in August that they had a frozen budget. So what people don't understand is that, you know, bare bones or bare minimum or scraping you know, at, at nickels and pennies is, is really what it's about. And, and to come in as close as we have year after year and have made the strides that we made coming off priority school district prior to me entering the district, coming off uh, of being a, a review school at the high school, and those are no child you left know. behind terms. Is that well? Right? The, the the term from priority school is you know when when schools were not succeeding according to the old CMT, the Connecticut <coughs> Mastery Test, okay. you were placed on kind of the radar of the state, if you will. And when you were placed on that radar, you got grant funds, right? And grant funds are great. And now you think, well, I've done with the grant funds. I should continue getting them. No, as soon as you succeed, they're taken away. And a couple of aldermen referenced that in their meeting, so I, I credit them for for kudos uh, and and sharing in that with us. You know, and just like this new alliance grant, we're fortunate to receive the alliance grant and our high school was designated as a school that really needed to be monitored our high school has done very well on the smarter balance assessment and and where and now the new sat we'll see where it goes but we're going to be off of that list as well so it, it's almost you know you started it with the state budget and the woes that they're facing um but those are issues that when you're doing well and you keep getting things taken away of course, we have to try to you know, put it in our budget to continue with a program that is succeeding. It's not as if we're going pie in the sky and asking for dollars to throw at a, a program that doesn't succeed. And that's the reality. You know, we're, we're doing so well with what we have, but unfortunately, when you keep getting cut and keep getting strapped, things have to get cut and things are going to get lost. I, I mean, it sounds like in, in Derby, and I live in Derby, yeah. so that's why I keep referencing sure. Derby and I, and I cover the city. It, it seems like... We're talking about structural problems here. Like the way to solve these issues is, uh, I guess, one, the uh, the state would have to lose that lawsuit that's currently underway about the whole system of school funding. Yeah, that's a sort of an undercurrent is, is uh, the uh, about, I think it was like $16 million roughly of that, that school budget is comes in the form of a, a check from the state. Uh, the educational cost sharing grant. And then we uh, would need, we would need like downtown and Sonia to Starbucks and Apple stores would have to take over downtown and Sonia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the to rest of the city and, and Derby too, we'd all have to get rich and then we could pay like more. Of that $16 million, uh, the, you know, it should, you know, according to the formula, it should be something like 20 something million. Uh, and there's a, a consortium of towns suing the state right now to try to resolve that. And Sonia is not one of the parties to the lawsuit, but 
you know, if, if, if the judge comes back and says like, yeah, you guys are the state's uh, shortchanging uh, local school districts, the thinking is, you know, they, they would re-engineer that, that for everybody. Because I, I guess uh, my, my question is like, how do we, I mean, we're going to be in this situation next year uh, and the year after that. Uh, you know, what do you, what could be done differently? And I guess the, the, I'm thinking back to one of our readers on Facebook, uh, it was John Marini's wife, echoed that uh, sentiment that, okay, the, and I'm going to butcher her, her post, I should read it, but I don't have it with me. Basically, she was saying that the school district is getting a, an increase over last year uh, of whatever it is in real dollars, $752,000 and change, according to the budget that was tentatively approved. And then she's saying, well, and then they're getting those savings of 250 or 3,000, 300,000 in insurance, and therefore it's a million dollars, and that the city can't sustain a quote million dollar unquote increase uh, every year. But like, what can be done to, I, to help the schools out? I uh, can answer that one easily, though. I mean, and, and that's kind of a misconception that we've tried to clear up, uh, and. You know, we've tried to do it as a team, Dr. Malone, myself, Mr. Gaskins, whenever we've presented. You know, the reality is, and, and when you look at that number, you know, everyone forgets. You know, I give the simple analogy. If you have a business of 10 people and everyone received a, receives a raise of 2% every year, your cost goes up. Well, when you multiply that by the number of employees we have for the Board of Education and contracts are negotiated with a raise, union contracts, right there in that raise, your budget is going to go up. And it's insert town here, and I've explained this at several different meetings. And Sonia is not alone. Derby, Shelton, Seymour, Oxford, go downtown, Weston, Westport, Greenwich. You know, anytime you have a union contract that's bargained and you increase, you know, your numbers are going to go up. So right there, you're going to see an increase just on that alone. Then the next factor, which you forget, is when people want to throw, oh, you know, if we give you an extra million dollars, you know, in the present, several presentations that we've given, um, and the last one being the PowerPoint presentation, which you displayed online, and once again, thank you for doing that, our special education costs have gone up a million dollars per year. So if you just gave us a million dollar increase in the budget, flatlined at a million, to your point, that was the comment you just made, that would just cover that. So everything else would have to remain status quo. So the real question is, how do they do with what's left? And that's the one I want to drive home. We do what's, what's, what's left by scraping together and almost duct taping the system. And, and it's unfortunate to say that, but that's the reality. Those are the numbers. The numbers are not lying. So you want to argue a million dollars? Okay. The chart clearly showed a million dollar increase each and every year. And Ethan, to your point, thank you very much. It should be funded at the $22 million, and we're only receiving 16 of that. And that system is beyond broken. And I agree that something has to be done with that ECS. You know, that formula by in and of itself was so convoluted until they released it. And even when they released it, unless you're a statistician and a mathematician, it was pretty hard to disaggregate that data. But if you filter it down, I mean, that's a huge percentage uh, decrease. You also look at other grants and other funding sources, as both of you mentioned. We're funded 58% by other sources and only 42% locally. And now I'm not bashing. We're appreciative of any resources and any funding we get. But we're going out. Our grants writer, Dr. Merlone, myself, our principals, our teachers are even writing grants to bring money into the system to keep programs going. So the well is running dry all over. Back to the root of your question, what else can be done at a state level? There are no other pots to look in. Everyone we're opening up is pretty empty. So uh, the big misconception of where we're increasing here or increasing there, 
let's look at what else is increasing for us. You know, costs are increasing because of contracts. Costs are increasing, special education costs. Once again, not alone. Ansonia is not alone. Dr. Merlone and I went to a legislative breakfast with, I think it was 26 other uh, representative school systems where they wanted to talk to their legislator and say, we're all facing this. What are you guys doing for us? And they heard us. And I don't know what else is going to happen, but we're still on it for a million dollars a year. What Those about, are real numbers. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll ask this last question, and we'll turn it over to you, Doctor Malone, because I know you're you're going through papers. You have other points no, to no, make, I but just, I just w- w- go ahead, go ahead, and, and I have oh, a follow. That's up okay. <laughs> I just want. Oh, I just wanted to make reference to the meeting the other evening when one of the aldermen said that we're getting much more. We're getting a greater amount of money, and we're providing less services, which is an untruth. When you look at the state grants and what we have lost, over $2 million in that priority school district money, that took, and we funded so many positions out of that. Usually programs are funded, but because the city cannot physically give us the money that's needed to fund, to run our school system, we take, we fund positions through grants. And, and people fail to remember $2 million is a lot to make up. And we just lost that. And, and that's so what, right, ball. we're behind the eight ball. And when we lost that money, I brought it to the alderman's attention. Um, and I think it was under uh, Mayor Dell's. <clears throat> and M- Mr. Sturgis had to write a letter to the state saying that they were, would agree to continue to uh, support all day K. Now we're losing money, we're losing that money in Alliance probably next year. So the city once said they were gonna fund all day K. Now this is what we face for next year. And the last time we lost all day K, I had to reduce it to part day K. And we had proven that the students regressed within that time frame. Everyone forgets who this is really about. It's numbers to people, but it's little kids and older children going to college for me. I mean, that's what this, the responsibility of our Board of Ed is for, to advocate for children to get the best they can. And those children belong to taxpayers. So, I mean, when you, if we really asked every taxpayer, <coughs> would they be willing to give up? Let's find their answers. Not to, to me, not just the ones that sit around that board of aldermen table. I guess to that point, um, like the, you know, we, we do like polls and stuff on our website. We should do one uh, for this story. Um, but I, I you Although know, they're, they're unscientific. They're, they're, yeah, they're totally unscientific. unscientific, but I guess, you know, they, I, uh, from like the devil's advocate point of view, I think, you know, somebody on the board of aldermen might say, well, like, you know, the, the, the poll that matters is the election and the last two elections we've had have been, Republican landslides with the mayor saying, you know, tax cuts are the most important thing. You know, he said, I'm a, I want to cut taxes and also fund the schools. But I think, you know, if, if it came down to it, I, I you know, the, I think he would or, you know, I don't want to put words in their mouths, but I think they would. I mean, just by the, the budget they've they approved tentatively last week, I think the you know, the tax cut was or, you know, or tax relief, tax stabilization would be more important than you know funding the schools i mean do you have any response but you have to, to you have to look at the number of people that go to the polls as well 
Are you just speaking for those people? I'm a voice for all children, not just for the people who will go to the polls. And then and you're saying, you, when we started this broadcast, saying, okay, uh, you know, flat mill rate, cutting taxes is the, is the cornerstone of, of Mayor Cassetti's administration. But you're saying, like, okay, well, the result of that is no football program, possibly, uh, under what was approved last week, uh, principal layoffs and teacher layoffs. I mean, that's what happens when you cut and don't make it up. And so has, the, has the city, like, well, I guess they haven't had a chance to respond to that yet. It'll be interesting. Ethan had some work to do later today, <laughs> how they respond to uh, sports being uh, eliminated. But what about a zero increase? Because there was some talk sort of last week. Well, I don't know. Is that something you were talking zero about? A yeah, uh, well, the, I uh, think during one that discussion, of the one of the aldermen said, you know, uh, they they were asking the the business manager, you know, what if we gave, you know, X amount more dollars? What would that do to the tax rate? And one of the aldermen said, what if there was a zero percent increase for the schools? And he conditioned it with like, I'm I'm not proposing that. I don't want to do it. But like, what if there was a zero percent increase for the schools? What would that do to? Which taxes? I just got to say that was it was just as a reporter, uh, the transparency there was was impressive the fact that like people were just doing the math right there in the meetings but well <coughs> as i choked to death what if well if we went to a zero percent this would mean all of what i mentioned before the no sports the maintenance position two administrators nine teachers no reinstatement of art and music in addition to that it would be two paras one secretary one library clerk two custodians another administrator and six more teachers. Okay. So and in terms of like the teachers, yeah, I, like you've said before that like, you know, be you, across you try the board. to, yeah, yeah, you yeah. try to spread that right. throughout the district, I think, right. So what we're talking about, so that's, that's uh, if, uh, to, for taxes to remain stable, that's the impact it has on the school district. Or the other end of the spectrum is you pay $200 more right. on average per household. Are there, in that, in that budget, uh, the f like the fully funded one, if that were to happen, which doesn't seem likely based on everything that's being said, were there any new programs uh, in that budget or any new hires or anything like that? In Would that, that allow you to restore the music and art? or In the fully funded budget, the music and art would have come back, right. uh, as well as some recommendations. Uh, the new positions that would have been funded would have been from NEASC recommended positions, and NEASC is the New England New England Accreditation of Schools and Colleges that oh our right. high school just underwent. Yes. So putting those recommendations, which are on our radar, we have to eventually implement them, those were put in because they were immediately um, uh, suggested that we place, but those were cut. So to answer your question, yes, those would have been instated uh, as far as new people, uh, but the music and art would have come back as well. And Niask, that's, it's fascinating you mentioned that because I know when I covered Derby, one thing that they were... I mean, NEASC, is, it accredits your, your right. high school. Is that the right word? That yeah. is correct. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It gives your high school accreditation. So, so that's that's the, the, the standard. By It's almost the professional standards division of, of state education. And to not have an accredited high school is not a good thing, obviously. Not How did you guys students do? going to college. How did you do on the... Our preliminary report was very, sure. very good. Uh, we'll get our official report, and we'll disseminate that to the town and to the people and to the board. But uh, based on the review and the preliminary report, everything came back very good with now, few recommendations, and but a lot of commendations. Can I use that then to say if I'm a, <coughs> a city funder, well, 
what are you guys complaining about? You guys are you're getting your accreditation. This funding is working, and, and that's the frustrating part. And you're right, and that's how a lot of people view it. And I think what people don't realize is we've been doing so much more. And let me emphasize that so much more with less. And to make the things happen and to get off of the list, as I said earlier, and I'll echo that again, to do what we've done with what we've been given is amazing. And there's no other word for it without dedication of the teachers, the administrators, central office, as Dr. Malone said, and I'll say again, advocating for all children. You know, we have dedicated individuals who do that daily in our schools. Our Board of Education does that at their meetings and daily in conversations. So you're right where that's the kind of cart response and I don't blame you for saying it because I think a lot of people think that uh, and I'm glad you brought that up but I think what they don't understand is that we're also the type of people that aren't going to let a system fail and haven't let a system fail and have done more with less but unfortunately you cannot keep doing that that's just not a model that you could sustain you know it would be like if you guys went down to one reporter rather than two couldn't do it, right? You know, and uh, we're I'm at not two from three. <laughs> and, and and exactly. To so answer, it would be tough, right? To and answer that, too, you mentioned your, um, our administrators leaving, Joe Epicel and Sherrod McNeil. We have a turnover of teachers left and right. And as recent as last month, um, Milford hired one of our teachers, our math teachers, and the math teacher is a teacher leader in their system. We don't have that position. And the teacher told me the only reason why she's leaving, not even for the money, it was because there's no room for growth here for teachers. And, so, I, like, I, 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 the t I know teachers. You know, a lot of people I went to school with are teachers, and people don't, in general, like, people don't go into teaching for the money, but... Um, I think there was there was a report in the uh, CT Mirror a few months ago that analyzed like all the all the contracts statewide, and I think you guys on average are about eight grand less than like you know surrounding districts uh, to I, generalize it. So I mean like it's it's yeah, I, there is a there is a, a difference there, and it, again like people don't go into it for the money, but if you could make nearly ten thousand dollars more just by crossing a, a city line well and, i had heard know, it's hard to and i you know i this is i'm, I'm throwing out unsubstantiated well actually i had heard this it was from a, an elected official in derby that a couple of years ago when dr conway right no, no i'm sorry not dr conway tracy dr tracy before conway there was this big talk in derby of regionalizing because mm -hmm. they were in the in this in the same boat and they were sort of at the <clears throat> they were saying publicly all right well maybe we have to close our high school let's look at ansonia can we do there was it seemed to be a serious discussion of of almost possibly shutting down parts of the Derby School District and ideally merging it with Ansonia. But I heard what killed it was that uh, Derby teachers make more than Ansonia and that there would have been... Yeah. It's an, um, it, there would not be a balance, and they have two different unions. So it's very difficult to merge two different unions, and it really would not be fair for teachers teaching the same thing in the same building one teacher making eight to ten thousand dollars more than another teacher it is um, in, in terms of we talked about structural problems here and they're not save they're not changing they're not going away is uh, is it time to talk about regionalization again in, in, in a serious way could I think our town is always open to regionalization you know I can't speak for for the city but I'm sure that I would think in working with the city and trying to get the two towns to regionalize I think they would be open to that um, 
there's a lot of work that goes into regionalization. Yeah. We, we we tried it would be like it. a decade Correct. in planning. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. We tried. We brought the state down before, and um, we hired somebody to look at the numbers and look at the what it would take for both towns to come together. And it, it doesn't always work when you do regionalize. However, you know, Ansonius has to do something pretty soon. Mm. I understand that from the tax point of view, too, because I am a taxpayer in Ansonia. So I tried to put a physically responsible budget forward, and I always have the students first and foremost. I have to do that. And so and in terms of, like, the one thing that we heard oh, a couple of years ago when, like, Mayor Cassetti ran, uh, the, the school district, and I think, they, they weren't they sort of a, uh, out on flyers, the school district test scores and where they perform maybe that was maybe i'm getting tax tax rates confused with uh test scores so disregard that question okay. but how okay. does this affect things like that how does how, how does the, these budget problems affect the, you know a kid in kindergarten well i think you know when you when you look at increased class sizes overall when you cut the number of teachers um i think that definitely has an effect i think we've done well considering on even our accountability index numbers, which is the new measure from the state of Connecticut, and I presented at our last board meeting, two meetings ago, I apologize. Um, when you look at that, and we're not on the quote-unquote radar from the state because we've succeeded with what we've had in place, when you start cutting that and making the class sizes go up, and you cut administrators, you know, as of this year before cutting administrators, we were at 200 students per administrator which is unheard of compared to other districts, and I presented that at one of the Board of Alder meetings. And just to mention that? a few, can, sure. Yeah, can you repeat that statistic sure. again? I 200 students per administrator as compared to other districts such as Derby, Vernon, Seymour, East Haven. Derby right next door, they're at 145 per administrator. So when we go ahead and cut two more administrators next year with a possibility of a third, if we go to a zero, that number is going to be astronomical and off the charts. So, uh, you know, the effects that you mentioned is a great question, and I think where you'll see, unfortunately, is our scores will go down. You know, I don't want to seem gloom and doom, but I also have to look at the statistical reality, you know, being a math guy at heart and an economics guy at heart as well. You know, when you look at it and you look at the numbers and what we've done with smaller, quote-unquote, class sizes to go larger and the work that was put in just to move our students, now you're going back to a larger setting with minimal resources, almost none. Unfortunately, the scores are going to suffer. And also, what people fail to realize, and they see administration as manager, they see the administrators as managers, you know, like they see them out for bus duty and maybe lunch duty. They see it as, uh, yeah. uh, there's, there's, a, there's a stereotype all over the country, Correct. I think, because everywhere I've worked with the administrators are right. the people who get paid uh, six figures and they're playing golf all day. Right, and they don't realize the impact. When they're not doing that, they're analyzing data to help teachers m improve student achievement and, um, they're, they have to improve retention and graduation rates and promote activities and events at each of their respective buildings because they have to ha be a family community. They have, and there are evaluators of teachers, and when they're not doing that, they're counseling and mediating students. You know, it's, it's an ongoing job, and I, peep, I don't think the community at large, the nation at large, really realizes the value of an administrator. And how do you, I mean, how do you try to turn that tide? Well, we've perception? been trying to educate, but it, it seems to fall on deaf ears. Um, 
I don't know. Um, maybe other towns are more successful, and I'm going to have to reach out to them to find out how they may. Every town I've town. It, yeah, the administrators are, you know, it's Everybody the first to put thing cut in the, the public. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that, well, that, I really, that seems to be everywhere, yeah. I think people know the value of teachers. However, when it comes time to pay for that service, they don't want to do that either. I think it, it's a profession that's taken for granted. Do you have a follow-up question? No. Well, let's move on to, because we, we've talked a long time, uh, Ethan and I have sort of directed the conversation, but Dr. Malone, is there, are there areas that we're not asking you, or Mr. Wilson? Is it Dr. Wilson? I don't want no, to get that. No, not doctor yet, no. Almost <laughs> there, almost there. Well, but it, yeah, is there any points that you wanted to make that we're not asking you? Well, I think point? also when, when we sit at these different meetings, I think there's a misconception out there about Ansonia's demographics. You know, our, our demographics have really changed over the years. And we do have 72% free and reduced lunch students. And Mike made a point to that when he was talking about sports right, and pay to play. 70%. You 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%. 72%
their needs are so great today. Schools have to be really the parents when the parents aren't there and, you know, we, we provide the children lunches and whatever is needed. And, and our teachers go and our administrators go above and beyond during holidays to make sure they're not left without food. To, I mean, people really don't see what teachers do. And they, they buy the tissues, they buy the crayons, they buy the paper that's needed out of their pockets. You know, so you take the the fifty thousand dollar salary, and I'm sure every teacher must spend at least five of it. They must give back five of it on their own for uh, on their own for our like our that. children. They really, I think, and time after time, I hear from teachers that leave, Mrs. Malone. It's not that you know I don't like the district. We lo I love the district. I just can't afford to stay here anymore. You know, one thing that, and we had talked previously. Uh, about the special education in general and the costs that are that are increasing there, um, is Ansonia seeing uh, an influx of kids who qualify for special education, or is it just you, it's the same number, but it's the needs are greater and you, and you have to uh, spend more? Is well, because there, there's a stereotype, and I don't know, I don't know if I believe it because every school every school district says this that everybody everybody from Bridgeport is moving into Ansonia for this, but that's said everywhere in the valley. I don't know. I, I mean, think special education is up everywhere. Okay. However, we the numbers of special ed students we had even before were larger than our our neighboring towns. We've increased on average two percent every year. Right. It, which is our special education population okay. you know, our, and our actual number this year. Right. Dr. Malone, I believe you have that. Um, yeah. Our students with IEPs, we have 514 students with IEPs. Um, students from Assumption School and Julia Day with non-public service plans, because we service those students as well. There's 13 of those, totaling to 527 that the Ansonia Public School District manages and provides for. $527,000 for 13 kids. 527 students. students. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm right. sorry. Okay. Right. You know, that, it, you know, just bringing up uh, uh, the assumption school makes me think of another thing. The, d what effect does uh, this Catholic schools or private schools in the area have on on the school district? Is Ansonia in a situation where if you have the means, you're not sending your kid to Ansonia Public? Do you do you feel that in the community? No, I I, I don't. I think that many parents make decisions what's in the best interest of their child, and. Um, like we have 200 of our students that go out to magnet schools because we don't offer the dance and the theater and and the science to the levels that are offered at some of these magnet schools that specialize in those areas. Um, as far as our private school, which is Assumption School, many people send their children there for religious purposes. Okay. <clears throat> Just a random question. Did you, you were looking up? Yeah, I was because you you referenced amount, and then I just want to clarify. You know that that student number was an actual student number, and if you wanted to put dollars to it, and I I kind of heard, if, unless I misheard you, that's where you kind of thought was going. Mm -hmm. You know, you're looking at t eleven million dollars. You know, and that that's the real Out number. Of thirty, roughly of thirty million. Correct. Of, uh, budget. That's correct. So, so we're operating on nineteen, and of that that nineteen, what do we get from the um? The grants, 15. Well, yeah, and some of the grant that, you know, and they're all cutting even the, the grants for special education, you know. But, you know, we, we kind of zone that in just to get that real number to people as well when you look at that number of students and what that allocates for our budget. So those are the real numbers. And I assume that the big ticket item there is just 
transportation or out of out of oh, district trans- tuition, tuition. Uh, out of district tuition that's a separate category that's five million dollars okay. and it's it's still encumbered under that uh but that's what it comes out to is that the biggest uh i mean i i always get uncomfortable even bringing up special education sure because there's morons out there who who think well we shouldn't educate and I, i'm sorry i'm editorializing we should educate all students right yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and sometimes uh, you encounter people that think <clears throat> otherwise but uh in terms of special education, are you seeing more kids? Uh, are, are we talking uh, the issues or of a behavioral nature? Are these kids who are going to, to well, if they're 18, they would be in jail for behaviors? Or, or are we talking about autism? And, and There's a mix, I think. Okay. I think, And it's hard to put a finger on it, but when you go back to that IEP, as Dr. Merlone mentioned earlier, the individualized education plan, once that is in place for a child, you have to ensure that that plan is followed. And having the monitors being the special education teachers as well as the classroom teachers follow that individualized education plan is key to success in promoting student growth. So to kind of label where do you see the increases, it, it's hard to tell. You know, autism spectrum, there's been a gazillion articles, I think, about the spectrum of autism. And, you know, the obviously the autism, is aware, autism awareness program that came about a couple of years back. So you see it, that part of growing, but you see some behavior pieces growing, you know, and the spectrum you know, vary so greatly. It's so hard for us to put a finger on it. But, you know, when you have to go to that decision to outplace a child, it's a decision that's met, you know, after a lot of debate and a lot of meetings and the parents are there and the teachers are there. And and at times the student, if the student is old enough, but it's because for whatever reason, you know, their needs are so great that we cannot provide for them in the school system. So they need (coughs) to be outplaced. And when people say, oh, outplace should be cheap. You know, on average, and, and we've said this at many meetings, but I'll echo it here, from 50000 to $250,000 for some institutions to have an outplacement. So back to one of your earlier questions, Eugene, about what else can the state do? How about we put a, a mandate on what they can charge for students who have those special needs and make it one flat fee? And That's that would save all that. districts money across the state and insert state here, I think. People in New York will be jumping over the border congratulating us on that. But, you know, that's what they have to really do. You know, when you can charge $250,000 to educate a child, not saying that that child doesn't need those special services. They absolutely do, and that child should receive the services. But at what point and to what end? If you could charge whatever amount of money you wish, it gets a little taxing for the sending school district. And as I said, we're talking here about Ansonia, but you can insert any school district in that statement, and I think everyone would agree with you. Are the costs <coughs> connected to special ed, is that the, sort of the, the biggest burden that the district is carrying right now? Is that the thing you can't afford the That's most? That's the biggest ticket for Ansonia. It is. Back to what you said earlier. Think about that million-dollar analogy, right? If I'm going up a million and you give me a million, you actually kept me flat. And I actually took a loss because everyone else went up with their you know, plans because they're negotiated contracts. So just right there from that earlier statement, that quick math that we did, that kind of zeroes it out, right? A million minus a million is zero, so I'm back to zero. And I'm really not back to zero because I still have to pay the educators who have negotiated contracts, the administrators have negotiated contracts, Fixed the costs. maintenance workers yeah. have negotiated contracts, secretaries. You know, so when you look at that number, you're actually giving me a negative off the reel. Okay. The, and for and that's the past right. several years, that's what's been happening. But we've been able to make it because we put a freeze on from the time I came here as the superintendent of schools I always froze I I froze spending initially I began we would put a freeze on in November the last I would say five to six years we've been freezing it in August 
when the administrators would come to the table during our first session, freeze on the budget, here's your paperwork. And that means like, so if I want to go buy an extra, right. extra you're not, you just, forget it, whatever you have. You're just going to exist have. on what you have. Okay. That's you, it. You were starting to ask something, Ethan. Uh, this, this is just something, again, you hear pretty much every town we cover. Um, people say, uh, you know, like every year the school districts say, you know, there's these fixed costs that are going to go up no matter what, contractual obligations. And the retort to that is like, well, why, why can't you negotiate a contract better, essentially? And I guess would the answer be, you know, in, in with respect to Ansonia, like if, if you guys are always thousands of dollars behind other districts, you're just never going to be able to play catch up in terms of attracting and, new teachers. And, and people don't realize when we negotiate a contract, we have attorneys at the table as well. So there's research done based on the state of Connecticut as to what teachers or any bargaining unit is getting. And you... They're get, if it's out there and they're getting 3.2%, you can't come in the first year at 0% because if we negotiate a contract that, contract that they're not accepting, we're going to go to arbitration. And the arbiter is most likely is going to rule on the side that's closest to what most people are getting. However, and then yeah, that's a state law that, you know, way back when in the 70s, I think, the, the state made a law that said, you know, teachers can't strike, but if uh, in return for that, if there's an impasse with negotiations, it goes to binding arbitration and, That's you know, correct. whatever the arbiter decides is what the contract is. Correct. But also to note there is while we are the lowest and thank you again for mentioning that, unfortunately, I should say, but, you know, every You're welcome, <laughs> every bargaining agreement. Uh, union administrators, teachers, secretaries all took a zero percent within the last six years of their negotiations because we've been strapped and the budget times have been lean. However, we're at a pa an impasse now where, as you said, we're eight thousand dollars. We're at the lowest end. So if if these contracts go to arbitration, the arbiter is automatically going to side and say you have to give them a percent increase. Once again, simple math: percent increase for all budget goes up by that percent increase at a minimum right i mean and and that's what people don't understand when you when you go back to that fixed cost analogy as you said but those are the reasons behind it but it is to note that all of those unions took a zero and that was a huge huge step you know in keeping negotiations fair and, and keeping the communication open between the bargaining unions and the central office and the board of education and we are willing to work with the city a matter of fact, we um, worked a deal with the electricity. We went down. Um, James went down with the mayor's team, and um, James is your James Gaskins, our oh, business, business okay, manager, and they agreed on um, a new contract for electricity. It's not that we're not willing; we are very willing. They asked us to for the teachers to go to an HSA. We carried that out. The teachers went with an HSA. Now it's self-funding. It, the Board of Ed is not against self-funding. What they wanted was extra time to research it. And it was, <clears throat> it was advised that we take extra time before we jump into it. So and you were, the fact you brought that up, because sort of like, we've been talking for about an hour now, and I wanted to know, uh, today's Monday, May 23rd, I keep looking. Yeah. So we're running up against a, uh, a clock in terms of the budget uh, itself, right, Ethan? When 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 do they have to get? The, or you guys probably know. When, well, they when, they're when do we have a decision? scheduled to finalize it tomorrow? But they have like a I think they have a absolute. 
the city has like an absolute drop dead date of June 20th. Uh, but as I think Super Malone, uh, Superintendent Malone, sorry. Super Malone, <laughs> Super Malone, I like Superintendent that. Malone has pointed out where every time that's brought up at a meeting, uh, she has to by June 1st. Send by May, out th- yeah, May 31st is the drop dead date that I have to give teachers their assignments. So if this doesn't get settled, we're in a big conundrum here. Yeah, so what do you do between now and I guess tomorrow or, or what do you say to the city now? What, what's going on? Behind the scenes. I think we said all we can say to the city. And for those who are really going to listen, I think they'll understand. And I do see that there are some board members that really have an understanding for education. um, And hopefully they can spread their understanding. Yeah. Have you heard? I mean, so what we're talking about, uh, you know, if if the budget as is, which was tentatively approved uh, last week, the average homeowner would save about 30 bucks year over year on taxes. Uh, if the school district was fully funded to their initial request, the average homeowner would pay about $200 more. So that's the range we're talking. Those are the two extremes. You save 30 bucks, you go up uh, $200 a year. We would divide that by 12, whatever that is uh, per month to, to fund the schools. Have you heard where the city might, is there a, Point in between that you've heard? Are you? Are you? Are I don't this, know, are you, are you but I w- advocating for a. I I can't. They have to make their own decisions. I only could provide the education to them, for what we know and and tr- being transparent. However, there's quite a difference between thirty dollars and two hundred. If they could split the difference, we could have a few more teachers. I That's agree. the best Fair I enough. can say. Sure, no, I, I I agree with that that statement, and, and you know, we've advocated, we've uh, been as transparent as we can. We've brought members in in joint discussions. Some members have come to our board meetings. We've went up to the state with some board of aldermen to advocate for different things. You know, we're, we're trying our best, and and to echo Dr. Marlone's sentiment, I think people there are advocating for us as well, uh, and they have a tough decision to make. You know, no decision is easy, but we've done the best that we can, and we've put forth the best that we can. And the situation that we have described today at length is the real situation that faces us. So if the number is two and a half or the number is zero, it's unfortunate in our positions. We can't do a a pie in the sky. What if we get from, all right, do six, seven, nine, down to five, down to four, down to three. You know, it's hard enough (coughs) to come up with budgets that are fiscally responsible at two and a half. Originally was at six, seven, nine, and then to go to that two and a half and to go to that zero, you know, hours and hours and hours are spent. And, you know, that's our job and that's what we do. We have no problem doing it. However, you know, there's not a moment that goes by that while you're cutting something, you're also unfortunately thinking about the people that you are cutting as well. And, and livelihoods and, and things of that nature, which makes it very difficult for Dr. Merlone and I, but we have a system to run uh, and we do have to advocate for all children. So we've done our part advocating. It's now up to um, our aldermen to really see what they're gonna give us. And these are the reality of our numbers as they stand today, as you said, Monday the 23rd uh, at 11 o'clock or 10.30, whatever um, time we're running into here. But 11.37. 11.37, thank you. Time flies. It was almost like that four-hour meeting. I do want to (laughs) applaud the mayor for trying to keep our taxes down. I really do want to applaud him. And I do know that he has a heart for kids. And if he's listening, I know he'll do the right thing. I know he will. Um, 
And I hate to see that our city is seen as a city that we have a board of education against a, a, um, a board of aldermen, which is not the case. It is not the case. There are many board of aldermen there that are trying to support and, and do the right thing for the city, and as well as, as the students of Ansonia. And I do applaud them as well. <clears throat> However, people have to understand, once again, that the Board of Education's role is to focus on student achievement. And it's not to focus on taxes, it's to focus on student achievement. However, they have to ensure that you know, we're doing the right thing with curriculum, allocating our re for our resources that provide instructional tools, personnel, and technology. And they also have to ensure that the facilities are maintained in such a manner that provokes promotes a safe learning environment for all children. So they do have a big job on their hands as well. And I do respect them, and I respect the Board of Aldermen as well. Hopefully we can come to some agreement where the, the um, education system isn't disseminated, because I'm really worried about that. I mean, we need to put teachers in front of classrooms for children. Okay, well, I think we can end on that note, unless there's anything else uh, anyone wanted to add, I want to thank you both for, for coming in and, and, and giving a huge, chunkier uh, day. And I think we'll, uh, the meeting's tomorrow night when this will is scheduled to be finalized, and I think we'll try to, again, probably uh, do a live stream of that on uh, on YouTube. Yeah, and anybody attending, let's, when, when are the particulars for tomorrow night? Let me just, I believe it's 7 p.m., but let me just double check it. Ethan, I heard that it might be changed to the Ansonia High School. Oh, that's not good for our Wi-Fi. Everyone, if you attend this meeting, make okay, your phone we, a mobile hotspot so we can steal it because we don't. Uh, Valley Indy doesn't have any money. We might have to go out and buy a, uh, a wireless device. Yeah, it's it. 7 p.m. Uh, right now on the city website, it says Aldermanic Chambers. So, okay. uh, but yeah, yeah the, the last few meetings that. that there have been, there's <laughs> been you know overflow crowds like into the hallway. So. Uh, we'll try to uh, live stream it if it's at City Hall, just so you could watch it live uh, if you're at home. Okay, uh, that's it. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, Eugene. Thank you.